If you're enjoying the show and find yourself wanting to discuss with us during the week, hit us up on Twitter. At Gen Orange Radio, we try to tweet a few times per day or at least respond to tweets that mention us. You can also follow at Chase Agovia, Mark's Twitter, for the greatest hot takes. And of course, follow me at Sean Ringrose, even though I may be wrong about roughly 25% of the time. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of the show. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. We want to take a moment to share some really cool news. We've been selected as one of the top 10 Houston Dynamo podcasts by Feedspot. It is an absolutely incredible honor, so make sure to check out the full list over at https colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash Houston underscore Dynamo underscore podcasts. Thanks again, Feedspot, and thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Now, here's your show. You know, guys, we are very fortunate to have many good friends in the soccer community, but the one we are most grateful for is Jen Cooper, a.k.a. Keeper Notes. Jen is an absolute gold mine of wisdom, experience, and advice. And Mix Zone, that's Mix Zone with two X's, is one of the best women's soccer podcasts running today. Check the podcast out at https colon backslash backslash bgn.fm backslash category backslash podcasts backslash the hyphen mixed with two X's hyphen zone. Or just check out the Keeper Notes Twitter at Keeper Notes. Hey, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
What is up, Generation Orange family? It is another Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. And we are your co-hosts, Sean Ringrose and... Mark Segovia, what's going on, guys? Long time no see. Yeah, it's, it, it's, been, it's been a while. I saw somebody uh, earlier uh, followed again for... Uh, uh, oh, man, he's been following for seven months, four days, 22 hours. That's, that's impressive right there, El Pinche Nugget. Uh, so obviously there's a little chat going on right now. A conversation about the red card to Seren. Was that a red card or was it a little harsh? Sound off in the, uh, in the comments on chat. We want to know your opinion on that for sure. We got a ton of stuff to talk about, obviously. Not just the fact that it's been a while, but also the fact that the Dynamo are in the situation they are in. That situation would be that we have not won in, what is it, like nine, ten matches now? We're at 11 matches? I don't know. I've lost track at so many matches. I think the last time they won is the last time we came on. Uh, maybe that, I don't know if I'd go that far. might be true, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, but, uh, if, if that's the case, are you trying to insinuate that it's our fault that they haven't won? Cause we haven't had another show since then. And I mean, if you tell if you're going to tell me every time I put on a show, they're going to win. Then trust me, I'll be here every week, every Sunday. I mean, every all right, Wednesday. Mark, it's on you. It's all, you just put it all on yourself whoa, 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 whoa. right now. If this, if, this, if, this Saturday, if this Saturday they win and next Wednesday we're on. Sure. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it every Wednesday as long as they win. As long as they keep winning. Hey, but uh, before, before we get on with the show, Sean, if you allow me a little bit of time, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout out to all those who, who made the trip to Austin uh, last week. You know, obviously the result didn't come out the way we wanted. Uh, Dynamo fought hard, even though they were down to men, like we mentioned in the chat. Uh, three to two lost to Austin FC. But, you know, shout out to the guys from the surge uh, about the on and obviously Texanian Army out there. Representing uh, Sergio, Jeff, uh, Kenny, um, the two Georges, Georgie, obviously. Um, just, you know, all of y'all, man. If I forgot y'all, you know, obviously y'all know. Shout out to you as well. Um, but, yeah, man, it was a great time. Had a great time in Austin, you know, for a little bit of time that we were there. But, you know, it would have been even better if I if it would have been with a W. Yeah, uh, you know, so, uh, man, watching that game, uh, at home was hard enough. Uh, I was work busyness and other stuff going on. Um, but watching that game at home was rough. Uh, you know, you guys were loud. Uh, you know, y'all were, y'all were definitely holding it down for sure. Uh, we could hear you multiple times throughout the broadcast. That was, that was good. That was nice, especially considering Austin pay their supporters group members, uh, to actually attend matches, uh, and, and try to be loud. Uh, and yet y'all were louder. Uh, after paying substantial amounts of money to even be at that match, yeah, man, it's funny because um, I know we were we were going through some couple couple rounds of alcoholic beverages, and um, <laughs> so George George went down to go get his his round right, and um, he he came back and told us, man, the, the, the some of the guys that just came into the stadium, they're like, man, it's never been this loud. Who, what's, what's going on? You know, and it's obviously you know obviously all the Houston. Hustletown supporters and all that stuff that made the way up to Austin, you know, I think we showed a lot of pride. The fact that even though we know the game, the result wasn't what we wanted, but you know, we showed a lot of pride and we kind of showed what, what it, what it means to be a supporter. And especially with uh, this so-called rivalry that they're trying to create with us in Austin, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I, I think we really set, set the bar high as far as visiting supporters here in Texas. So, you know, I think we did a really good job. 
Yeah, for sure. Like I said, it, yeah, you know, it was it was noticeable on the broadcast. Uh, I'm glad to hear that the Austin fans in their own stadium even started to, you know, were, were acknowledging and noticing that it was louder than normal. Uh, you know, that that's what the away support brings when it's a local match. Uh, we, you know, we try to bring that to Frisco and, uh, you know, going to bring it to Austin again uh, come uh, October 24th, I believe it is, is the next Austin match in Austin itself. Uh, and uh, hopefully those results will be different than they were this time. Uh, but uh, beyond that, there's a number of topics to discuss, obviously all of them dealing with the Dynamo right now. But before we get into that, one thing I want to do real quick is I do want to shout out the Dash ladies, especially our Canadian women who went out and won the gold at the Olympics. That's Alyssa Chapman, Nichelle Prince, and Sophie Schmidt. Uh, of course, ex-Dash uh, members as well, Aaron McLeod and... Jake, I'm sure, will chime in, or somebody else will chime in who the other one is that I can't think of off the top of my head that was a Canadian, uh, Janine Becky, uh, who was an, another Canadian uh, Canadian national team, women's national team player. Uh, they went out and they, uh, you know, they, they did did what they needed to do against a very, very good uh, um, uh, Sweden team, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know what? They beat the U.S., uh, which in and of itself was a huge accomplishment for them put the U.S. into the uh, third-place match. The U.S. did uh, thankfully win that at least to keep, you know, to, to medal. Uh, but, man, that was that was pretty crazy stuff. So uh, besides that, though, let's let's move on from that. Uh, you know, Dash have been playing. We're not, we're not going to get into that tonight. Too much going on. So uh, let's run through a few different questions, Mark. Uh, first of all, uh, and this one is, is has to be the first uh, question I think we have to ask for the night, but uh, let's be real for a second. Does this team actually suck? Or is there something else going on behind the scenes that we don't see? Man, it's 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 a weird it's a weird component going on on the pitch, man. Because you know, obviously, we see the team, you know, uh, striving and and working hard and, and and running at the pitch and running after the ball and trying to win fifty fifty balls and things of that nature. Then you know, it, it's it's one of those things where. Uh, the talent that you put on the pitch can only take you so far, depending on how high that talent level is. And I think the fact of the matter is the talent level of the squad isn't at anywhere near where we hoped it would be, to be honest. And, you know, the the the, the, the team, honestly, I mean, they're doing everything they can. I mean, as far as they can possibly can I mean, physically and, and talent-wise. And and it's just a shame that they're not be able they're not able to pull out you know results positive results. I mean now I know we had that little bit of a a streak where we were just tying and we became Tynamo, you know. But obviously now we're on a two two maybe three, I think three game losing streak. I'm not I, I don't remember right now, um, but which is an unfortunate thing as well. And and we're not looking good at all. So I mean it, I mean I can I can sit here and and argue both ways, but I'm gonna take the part where suck we, 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 we um the team sucks i mean some something's not clicking the chemistry just isn't there where it needs to be at you know aside from a, a, maybe a handful of players you know who who are really showing their quality i mean you know it's 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 a it's it's a damn it's a shame that you know you know a usl signing that we had this past offseason is the is is our best player this season you know, and he's only played less than half the games. He's only been available to us less than half the games. Um, but he's our second leading scorer. I think he's tied. If not, he has the most assists in the team. And we're obviously talking about Tyler Pasher. 
um, you know, so, and it's the same, you know, Max Oriti, I mean, obviously he's, he's, he's scoring goals when he gets an opportunity to be out there. Obviously he's been out with the, with COVID situation and, and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just, I just feel that the talent isn't there and they're basically in the, and we're basically getting the results based on the talent that we have on the pitch. So, I mean, they're doing whatever they can. And obviously, whatever they can do is, isn't good enough at this level. You know, I saw I saw somebody post this in uh, another Discord. Y'all know the search of Discord. I don't need to stumble around it. But I saw somebody post in there that, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, in, it's more of a case that the Dynamo have players that wouldn't start on top-level MLS clubs at this point. You look at a Darwin Seren, uh, he's a guy that San Jose were more than willing to give up. You look at a guy like Corey Baird that we just brought in, and he was a backup, not even able to get minutes at that point, really. Uh, you know, you look at, uh, even when we brought Christian Ramirez in, that guy was a, a backup, he was not a starter. Uh, a Rudy, not a backup, not a starter. Uh, Tyler Pasher in USL coming in, you know, like you said, best player on the team right now. I don't think there's any question about that. We're going to talk about that in a little bit because there are there is some information that I would like to share with people that don't know already uh, as far as his situation. But uh, uh, Pasher, probably not coming back anytime soon, just be aware, uh, injury-wise. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at Fafa Pico, another player that was relegated basically to the bench for the team that he was playing for at the time. Uh, you look at Tim Parker. He was a starter, but he was kind of, you know, we had to pay a lot of extra money to get him in here. Uh, you know, you look at... Uh, um, you know, Zarek Valentin, he wasn't a starter any longer in Portland. They had brought in somebody else to replace him at right back, uh, Omar Bravo. Um, no, go ahead. No, it's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, where you go and acquire a player who's on the cusp of making a first team or whatever, or let's say they just they're, they're, they're just they have too much talent on that one position at a team, so that's why you acquire somebody. But, you know, like the names you just mentioned, these these players were bench players. Yep. That's right. You know, the, the reason they got minutes at, at their prior team was because either the starter was out on international duty, injured, or just not available to that team. You know, these players are made available for whatever, for whatever reason because they were just not needed for that, that, for that squad. You know, and they're players that those teams, those clubs easily replaced, you know, later on. Um, you know, obviously, you always hope to to when you when you make these trades or when you make these acquisitions that you come up you come out with the upper hand. But too many times, too many times that I that I, that I count that I care to count, the Dynamo have fallen victim. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna use the word victim. Sure. To these, to these trades and acquisitions. I mean, you know, not and we're not just talking about just trading Gam and Tam to get. Or Baird, or, or or you know, or or Christian Ramirez, or whatever. But I mean, even trades when it's swap players. I mean, you see the last year with the Victor Cabrera, Romel Kyoto trade. Even though you know Kyoto was toxic, we needed to get him out. But the fact that we we were we were only able to get Victor Cabrera, who only played maybe ten games for us in his dynamo career. Same, well, Romel Kyoto before his injury is over there killing it in Montreal. Um, you know, the and again, the same team, Montreal. I mean, they went in and acquired Kiki Struna, and we're here thinking, man, thank you. Thank you for taking Kiki Struna from us. But now Kiki's out there doing it as a defender. You know, so maybe, maybe, it's, maybe, it's not the, maybe it's not the player personnel. You know? Maybe, maybe we're, we're, we're sitting here blaming the wrong people. 
Um, and and maybe we're looking at it the wrong way because obviously these players are doing their thing in other places once they leave the Dynamo. You see Christian Ramirez, what he's doing in Scotland. Yeah, okay, now I'm going to stop you right now. Trying to applaud Christian Ramirez for scoring goals in the Scottish Premier League is the equivalent of trying to applaud a guy who just went from MLS to USL 3rd Division. It's a, little bit, it's a little bit of a downgrade for the guy. So, so yes, I'm glad to see that he's scoring. Don't get me wrong. Hold on. Glad to see he's scoring. Don't get me wrong. But trying to say that, you know, look at how well he's doing now that he's left the Dynamo. It's a little bit of a misnomer because he's going to a much easier to score in league that is not nearly as strong defensively as the MLS is. Continue. I mean, you can say that. You can say that. And, and, and you might be correct, you know. I mean, but it's one of those things where he, he goes somewhere else, uh, a, a fresh new start, and he's and he, and he finally scoring boots. You know, he was supposed to be the one to take over from Morrow. But but obviously, well, that, but obviously, you know, if you don't, if you don't surround your number nine with players who can deliver him the ball and get him the ball and give him the opportunity and all those other things, I mean, you know, it makes it makes it hard. You know, Oriti, like I said, Oriti, he's obviously he surprised me with the six goals that he scored up to this point. But I mean, but you know, and in, in, in all honesty, you know, how many games have the Dynamo played already? I'm about to get to twenty games, right? If not, if not over that already, and for and for our highest score to only have six goals, that's 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 poor quality. That's poor poor quality. The simple fact that we don't have a double digit score by this time, it it, it sucks and it's horrible. Because it, you could say, oh man, we're scoring by committee, but we're not really. Uh, aside from 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 uh, Maxi, Tyler has Pasha has three, and everybody else has two two or less. You know, so it's so it's it's nobody nobody's taking control of the fact that we need to put the ball in the back of the net, and, and that's just made due to the poor quality that we have all around the pitch. We don't have the the players with enough talent to take on defenders one v one. They're too scared to take them on. They don't they don't do the things necessary to to make the extra pass or to get the ball in control. Why don't these boards or these front three of ours? the ball on the first touch. You know, try that sometimes. That's something that soccer players should be able to do. Hey, if the ball comes your way, instead of having put, instead of holding it down, hit it with the first touch, man. You never know. You know, and just, it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. So, it's, it's, maybe the Dynamo are what they are, and they're playing to the max, to the maximum, maximum capabilities of their talents on the pitch, and we're just, um, and we're just, expecting way too much for these guys. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, that's a, a lot to unpack there. You know, a couple of a couple of comments from the uh, chat here. You've got uh, Pat, a.k.a. Bob Shafto, talking about Bruin, how when he left the Dynamo, he became better with Seattle. I think that's a fair point, though he was relegated from being the starter in Seattle to being a bench player in Seattle, a super sub, uh, which I think fits, his, uh, fits him a lot better, especially at his age, especially on a... Uh, uh, on an AstroTurf type surface. And then of course you've got uh, the joke there from, uh, from Nugget uh, talking about Wando and Oduro and uh, you know, Jason Johnson went to Chicago, another player. You had Kai Kamara, who's been all over the place. Uh, You know, uh, Tommy McNamara went and scored uh, for new England recently uh, a couple of times. About the Bruins situation, Sean, you know, just, just because um, that's the one that uh, Pat mentioned. Mm-hmm. You no, know, obviously you speak you speak of him about being a super sub and all this stuff. So you know he's played literally less minutes as a Seattle Sounder than he has as a Dynamo, right? Because obviously he's a substitute now. 
Um, but he's almost up there with the same amount of goals as he had as a dynamo, as he has a sounder. But you know why? Because goals for him are a lot easier because mm-hmm. there's a lot more talent around him, distributing him the ball, making it easier for him to score. You know, it's yeah. that sim- it's that simple. You surround a guy with talent that can a number nine. It, ma- it makes it easier for a number nine to to score goals if he's if he's a legit number nine, which we all know Ru- well. Bruin is. You know, when there's when there's when there's good wingers around him or. Uh, a good number 10 that's able to distribute him the ball. Yeah, I, absolutely, when it comes to Bruin. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to me. There are players on this roster that have been here for a while. Um, you know, I'm thinking specifically of a Darwin Seren who's been here three seasons or four seasons at this point. He's been through multiple coaches, uh, and uh-huh. he feels like, you know, last year was was a – or two years ago was kind of him starting to show what he had to offer, and then last year he kind of tapered off, and then this year he's been – He's had moments, but he's all, like good moments, but he's also had really bad moments. And then you have guys like uh, Memo Rodriguez, who he's been with the team since, you know, effectively since day one of his career uh, when he got promoted from the academy, uh, you know, went and played with RGV for a bit and then finally got some starts and showed tons of promise. But then at the same time, you kind of saw what his athletic ceiling was going to be in terms of his, you know, pace and his capabilities. Uh, and I feel like he's played, you know, at that level. Uh, you know, for this whole season in terms of there's a definitive ceiling of what we have with Memo. Uh, my question, I guess, for you at this point is when it comes to Memo, is there any further to go or is that truly a definitive ceiling? Is this the Memo that we should expect moving forward? The kid that has a maximum of two goals across 15 matches started, 18 matches played. He's got 40 shots and he has two goals. Um, is that the memo that we should come to expect uh, uh, playing for the Dynamo? Yeah, honestly, I, I think his peak, he's already past his peak. I mean, that's, this, is, this is what it is. You know, I think it's more downhill from here from here on out, you know, depending on how Tab decides to pl- continue playing him. You know, obviously we know memo on the wing is non-existent. Um, I've always been a component of, you know, memo's, physicality and athleticism is is nowhere near top notch so why don't you use that to why don't you use that and make him a super sub where he can really dominate against players who are tired you know you give him the last 15 20 minutes of a game where he can come out and really do some damage you know you know capable to his his physical abilities and his and his talent you know this, I mean look when he was with Wilmer and Wilmer used him as a super sub he came in and he made made the place happen. We that's what that's what made us excited about Memo. You know, the fact that he came in as a super sub and made plays happen. Went went one v one against defenders because defenders were tired and he had the pace and, and proudness to go do that. Able to go and take the shot because that's what he was brought in for the last fifteen minutes to create something. You know, giving Memo a full match or being or being a starting eleven, it's just. It's just bad news for the Dynamo, and the fact that we have Memo Rodriguez as an option, you know, for starting eleven spot, it, it that just shows the level of talent that we have for the Dynamo. No disrespect to player, not no disrespect to Memo. We all love Memo, you know. Uh, you know, obviously his story is really great, you know, and obviously we honestly know why he's put so much in, in, in forward by the Dynamo because he is that academy player that graduated from the academy, and now he's a first teamer. And they wanna and they wanna show showcase him that to others who are thinking about joining the academy that it can be done. You know that's great, but at the end of the day, um, I don't care about that story anymore. I care about 
this team getting better, uh, making the playoffs, playoff push, and be, be, becoming a contender down the line. And we're nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. And it's a shame. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you look at a team like uh, Seattle uh, or uh, or an SKC, uh, you know, teams that are leading the league right now, uh, you know, traditionally they're bringing players through their academy system, uh, you know, and bringing them up. You know, they've had multiple classes of, of you know, kids from different age groups that have come through and, uh, you know, ha- have proved themselves to be MLS worthy. And, I guess my, my, my question coming out of that is, you know, where is the disconnect that's happening? I mean, we've got players that clearly at the academy level have the talent and the capability, and, you know, they've proved it in the last few seasons in particular, but where is the throughput on that? You know, are, are we looking at another two to three seasons, another three to five seasons? Are we looking at, you know, we need to bring Let those players back in? Go ahead. Let me ask you this, Sean. This, this is the question I, I, I pose to you. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, th- I think the academy has talented players. You know, I think that we have, if, if given the opportunity, so that we can have, we can have a Philadelphia Union situation here where, you know, we have, we have one or two or maybe even three players come out from the academy and are able to produce better than what we have on, than what we have on the first team right now. The thing is, where are the, are the balls in the coaching staff or in the or in the in the in the front office to allow these players to come in. Obviously yes, the 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 team and the club are feeling the feeling the pressure of the fact that the club hasn't made the playoffs and the fans are restless and, and we're annoyed and, and, and agonized and it's antagonized to be honest to the point where we're like, you know, you know, it's it's it sucks, man. It it really sucks. But where is that coach, where is that leadership to the point where they say, you know what? I don't care that you brought that, that that player cost that much. I'm going to see what this young 17, 18-year-old can do in the same position. I'm pretty sure he can do at least up to par what you're doing at this moment because this club has not shown anything from, from the number nine to the number two to the number five to the number six position, whatever position you want to throw out there. Nobody in this club has done anything any better than I think an academy player can do at this moment, to be honest, you know? Um, you know, for as much as for as much, you know, like I said, the best player up to this point has been Pasha, and he's only played what eight games, you know, and he's done really well. Aside from him, everybody else, dude, find me the best academy player that you have for that position, and let's give him a game. You know, I want to be like Seattle the, a couple of weeks ago, where it was where it was Raul Rodriguez and like ten academy players. Let's do that because at the end of the day, if that team loses, it's no different than what's going on right now. So, I mean, realistically, you know, everybody wants to be like, oh, you know, we're, we're turning the corner. We're, we're that much closer. You know, we're, we're, we're uniting as a team. <laughs> Dude, I must be blind or I must be seeing something totally different on this pitch because I don't see anything like that. I'm not seeing no chemistry. I'm not seeing no continuity. I'm not seeing no improvement. Not seeing any of that. So, I mean, am I seeing something wrong, Sean? I mean, I mean, if I am, let me know because I feel like I'm watching the same game as everybody here, everybody on the on the chat, everybody else on in, in in America. I mean, this team sucks. Plain and simple. I mean, that's Sean, an, that, I mean, that's I mean, an Sean, interesting. I mean, 
Go ahead. Like, like I said, my question to you, dude. I mean, like, you, I mean, when, when, when is somebody gonna have the balls to go and say, you know what? Let's go play these academy players because at the end of the day, at this moment, I feel like we're not gonna make the playoffs. I feel like we're gonna end up in last place in the Western Conference again before we even decide to, before we make the playoffs. So there's a couple of layers to that question. First of all, um, you know, uh, I want to touch actually on what you just said related to, uh, you know, your expectation at this point or kind of perception of how we're going to finish out the season. I, I look, the, the, say that again. Breaking news. Oh. Um, Atlanta United has signed Gonzalo Pineda for, for, to be the next coach. Yeah, that we saw that coming coming like five days ago. Get out! You're you're well, no, so yeah, far I mean, behind. It's, the news. Confirmed, it's confirmed now. It's confirmed. No, I know, but that was as soon as they started targeting him. Targeting him, you knew it was going to happen. Um, so uh, yeah, so so here's the thing. Um, you know, Sergio says it. I think pretty well. Winless in eleven is embarrassing, and most other clubs would have made a change by now. That's the you know look. Atlanta did make a change. Um, you know they 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 showed their and this is the second year um, in a row that they've sacked their coach partway through the season. Um, and, and this, to me, is the difference between clubs that are successful in MLS and clubs that are not successful in MLS. Look, the majority of clubs that are successful in MLS are not cycling coaches year over year. That's just the truth of the matter. They're not. However, if you have a coach that is not succeeding and you continue to, to invest in that coach and you're not seeing improvement on the pitch, that's a different situation. And... Look, there was a good friend of mine, Hal Kaiser, who, uh, you know, he's covered for the Dash and covered for the Dynamo before for Keeper Notes and other various publications, Orange in the Oven, um, and otherwise. Uh, and, you know, he and I have talked about this numerous times, but, you know, he always comes back to me, and it's always something that I, I you know, I have to stop and think about. Um, but, you know, one key point that he makes is that you have to consider the fact that Tab came in, as much as I applauded and lauded the move to bring Tab in, Tab came in with no professional coaching experience in terms of a professional team. He came in as a national te- youth national team director and coach, and he understood what it takes to win at the international level. Um, but it's not the same as uh, you know as a coach that's coming in with experience from MLS or a coach coming in with experience from internationally. Uh, cute little mascot. Um, you know, it, it's a coach that you're bringing in, and, and we invested so much time and and so much money in trying to help him succeed. And you know, look, we've we've spent more money this season than we've spent in, in previous seasons, and yet we're still not seeing the improvement that you expect from bringing in better players. Look, Karaskia, there's no there's no doubt that Karaskia is a better player. Than the players that are you know that that are on the pitch in front or would have been in front of him, your Derek Jones or or even your Boniat Garcia, or I would even argue your Darwin Seren. Um, you know, Memo, I, I would even say he's better than Memo Rodriguez coming in on his very first match of the few minutes that we got to see him. Carlos Key is a different; he's built different, and and yet at the same time, you know, it, it took us until midway through the season to make that move. Now, what is what you know what impact is that move going to have long term? You know, is that move going to be one that does propel the Dynamo forward? I'm of the opinion it does not matter who we bring in for the remainder of this season. This team is not going to succeed. I can't believe I'm going to say this with Tab as coach, period. End of the story. His system no longer works in MLS. 
His desire to run players into the ground with this high press for 90 minutes is not working with the fitness level of the players. And clearly our fitness and conditioning coach and fitness and conditioning manager are incapable of getting our players into into a fitness regime or fitness level that adheres to what Tab wants. And look, Darwin Quintero, for, and, and, and you know I have knocked him numerous times for, his, for having that attitude of, you know, I'm, I'm who I am, play me as I expect to be played. But there's also a caveat to that, which when he is on the pitch, he is one of your most creative players. With that said, he's been obviously dispossessed a numerous times when he's been on the pitch, and he's not showed to be that great of a player this season in particular. I think a lot of that stems from the attitude and being pissy at the coach. But I have to say, and I have to point to the fact that as as bad as Tab has been, as bad of a coach as his record is, everyone wants to point to the GM and the previous ownership that, look, they didn't give him enough assets to be successful. And I argue that with the point of it doesn't matter the um, you know what the quality of your assets were. It, I don't look at the end result in terms of where were we in the table. I don't, as weird as it sounds, right now given the state of the team, I don't care about that. What I want to see is year-over-year growth in development of players and growth and development of the team. And what I am seeing right now is if it wasn't for Pasher, if it wasn't for the induction right now of Karaskia into the lineup, if it wasn't for bringing in Tim Parker, this team would be in complete shambles. And it's using the exact same tactical approach we had last season with the same players. No, so I, oh, I was just going to say, so if that's the case, I have to turn back and look at Tab, honestly take a hard look at Tab, and go, look, as much as I like you as a person, as much as I thought you fit what we wanted, you have not succeeded at what we've asked you to succeed at. You have not improved these players that we've brought in to get better. If anything, you've sent them away, and they've gotten better elsewhere, but you're still not bringing them back in, Marcelo Palomino being a great example. Um, you know, no. it's – oh, go ahead. No, um, it's it's one of those things where I had a conversation with some of the guys who were at Austin, you know, and I and you know, and we were kind of talking about, you know, what's going on, you know, like why why is the Dynamo not succeeding, man? And I told him, you know, you have to look at the league in general, right? You have to look at the top teams year in year out, which are the top teams. Obviously, you mentioned earlier, Seattle, you know, uh, Atlanta before the champ before you know after Tata before Tata left. Um, you know, New England, things like that. So what are they doing as opposed to what we're doing right now that, you know, that doesn't, that that's not comparable. You know, everybody else is playing an attack minded kind of soccer while the dynamo here with Tab, like you said, like you mentioned earlier, they're playing a holding formation. You know, last season, what the, the whole problem was that they couldn't make the transition from offensive to defense. That's why we were losing a lot of balls and, and lose and, and a lot of goals are being scored on us. Counter attack, which which has improved this season, yeah, obviously. But at the sacrifice of us scoring goals, we don't have we don't have no true like I mentioned earlier. We don't have any game changers that can take over the game offensively. You know, to to go make these goals and go do what they needed to go do because our supposedly best player, Darwin Quintero, you have uh, you have an issue with that guy, and obviously he's I mean he hasn't helped himself either. I mean, you, you sat that guy on the bench. A guy that you go and spend o- over a million dollars to bring in from Argentina, it's 
eight minutes a game if you know if 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 that you know um it's 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 mismanagement man mismanagement to the to the uplink level i mean you got to think about the fact that you know all these teams what all these teams that have done great columbus crew seattle sounders uh toronto fc uh, new england revolution they all have one thing in common they have game changers they have number 10 tad does not believe in number 10 a number 10 player like you said sean he, i mean for like i said you know when they announced tab i was happy too i'm not gonna lie you know he brought in this pedigree you know he brought up he brought up with him knowledge of of players that play with him that did really well under him in the u.s youth youth camps and things like that you know that could possibly bring him over to the dynamo which he has but the fact of the matter is that the brand of football he plays is not is not helping at all not helping at all because we don't have the type of players offensively to be able to take over the game while we're over here sacrificing players to be more defensive you know and it's it's a shame um one thing about the thing you know obviously when Wilmer left you know sometimes you know we 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 were all happy when Wilmer left you know because obviously it was a kind of a Downside, you know, the, the it was kind of toxic the environment. But one thing about Wilmer, the, I think his downfall was just the fact that he didn't have enough depth because obviously that go, the Gold Cup finished him because he had he had great starts to the season. The team just didn't have enough depth. You know, he had an attacking mind, attacking brand brand of football, which mm-hmm. we enjoyed when the Dynamo were out there scoring. You know, by by by, by three four goals and things like that. You know, did we like his attitude? No. But I mean, but at, at the end of the day, like I think George mentioned in the chat, you know, you can't have a, a player-friendly coach and have these kind of results. A player-friendly coach doesn't matter if you're not if you're not winning. I'd rather my coach be a dick with him playing with them winning. So, you know, that's that that's really what it boils down to. Um, I think the fact is that we need a whole complete overhaul. I don't think Tab is the guy, unfortunately, for that because his system just doesn't work and is not appealing. First and foremost, is not appealing. You know, the fact of the matter is that you don't have players that can go one v one against defenders. It's it's a shame. Um, you know, and and then it's just not a, it's not it's not a it's not a fancy it's not a really good brand of football. You know, I think we just need a whole revamp. You know, new coach, new GM, and obviously see what see what see what Ted is really about as far as spending money and bringing in quality players into the, into the team is. With that being said, obviously, if if this season is a loss, then why are we why aren't we playing the youth? Why aren't we playing players that can that, that can that can do something for us in the future? That's a good question. I, I think uh, before we dive into that, because there there definitely needs to. <laughs> uh, it's funny, uh, but before we dive into that, and then Mark's just like, "I'm gonna drink some cold water. It's gonna be great." Actually, he probably has some cold lemonade sitting in that Chick-fil-A cup or tea. Can't tell which. <laughs> little of A, little B. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I want to touch on something, and, and that is, you know, I, and I've seen comments from Sergio and, and other people in the chat related to Tab and Jordan and, and what have you. Look, I mean, the, the thing is with Jordan is you already know what you have. If he hasn't been able to figure it out in seven, eight years, whatever number he's at right now, He's not going to figure it out over the offseason. He's not going to figure it out at the end of the season. That doesn't mean he's not bringing in reasonable talent. That doesn't mean he's not giving it a fair shake. I think he was hamstrung, obviously, under uh, uh, you know, under uh, uh, Brenner. Uh, and I think it would be different given, you know, given, you know, Ted's, uh, uh, 
Ted's capability to spend more money. But I think here, here's the thing that I look at it is we're at a point where Jordan being here for the remainder of this season is not going to change anything if you're planning to get rid of him at the end of the offseason. It doesn't matter how good the team suddenly does at the end of this season. You already know what you have in Matt Jordan. And so it doesn't, it doesn't benefit you to waste the time now not finding a new GM that is exactly what you want, a guy that's going to fit, a, let's call him a Ted Seagal guy. If you're not going to go ahead and do that now, why are you going to wait till the offseason to do it? And if the answer is because you believe that there will be better ones available, let me tell you, in MLS, that is usually not the case. The only ones that are leaving MLS or, or have been re- released by their teams are ones that you don't want. Perfect example to that is FC Cincinnati right now are looking for a new GM. They just fired their GM. And one of the names being brought up by FC Cincinnati is none other than GM Matt Jordan. I I, I feel so bad for Cincinnati that it's gotten to the point where they're looking at Matt Jordan as their savior. I offered a full-on trade like, hey, I will give you Matt Jordan. I will give you Darwin Quintero. In exchange for just giving me like I don't know five hundred tam. That's all I'm looking I mean, for. I, I don't even need the trade. If you want, I'll play. I'll, we'll pay the plane ticket for him to go. To be honest, at this point, you know, um, um, Kenny on the chat says season really isn't over. Just past halfway, five points out of playoffs. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they're still too early. You know, I respect the optimism, Kenny. But you know, but what has this team shown you to 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 really make you think that they're gonna make any kind of noise to at least to at least try to make it to the seventh spot? In the Western Conference, because there's eleven. I was what is it? Eleven, twelve teams in the Western Conference, and eight of them teams. make eight of them make them to make it to the playoffs. Like, dude, I mean that that's that's complete crap. That we can't make it to one of those spots. Yeah. We're in this situation right now. But you know, but I mean, I, but look, man, I, I I appreciate the optimism, and who knows? Maybe you might be right, and we might be wrong. You know, I'm 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 hoping for it, but. But I mean, but I just don't see it. I don't see it. No, and I, I agree with you. And I, I think, I think you know, you go through this many matches without a single win, you know, both home and away uh, over the course of multiple international breaks, mul- you know, multiple breaks for other competitions, that sort of thing. And it, it's a struggle. It's a frustration. And, and you know, that's not going to change. Um, even if the team starts winning a little bit, this team is not built to win consistently. Uh, over the long haul. So I mentioned something earlier, and the reason I'm kind of down right now on this team is the number one player, and you've said it, Tyler Pasher. Look, he got injured in the last match, and he got injured fairly early in the last match. What I've heard, maybe Dynamo Insider can back this up, but what I've heard is we're looking at probably about two months, if not longer, of him being out. If he's out for two months, that's probably eight or nine matches at least that we're, he's missing. That's over half of the remaining season. That's uh, our best player. And that's our best player. Uh, you know, and, and so I can't, I can't help but be more down about where we are right now than I, than I am right now. Like I have been, you know, me, those that have followed generation orange, those that have followed me on Twitter know that I'm by and large, a very positive person. I am by and large, a very, uh, I, I am a very eternal optimist. If it were, I, I will always find the silver lining and the negative, uh, and in the dark clouds. Well, right now, I'm looking at the dark clouds. I'm not talking about Minnesota United supporters group. I'm talking about the dark clouds that currently reign over BBVA Stadium. Uh, I look at the dark clouds. There is no silver lining right now. With Ty- Tyler Pasher being out, again, from what I've heard, two months or more, with that being the case with the injury that he sustained, if he is out that long, this team does not make the playoffs, period. 
that is one player that your entire season basically is hinging on uh, at this point. And, and yet at the same time, I don't think there's anybody in chat, anybody watching the show right now that would honestly say that if Tyler Pasher is out, this team makes the playoffs. No, you know, obviously that's horrible news. You know, the fact that he's going to be out for, for what, six to eight weeks, something like that from what I heard. Yep. Uh, but, you know, in all honesty, man, if I'm Ted and I had, and I, and I, and I see Memo on the wing again, again, anytime again in this, in this year, I'm firing tab. I'm calling tab. So, you know what? It's okay. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Because, you know, and it's a shame, like I said, you know, obviously Pasha being our best, our best player overall, and obviously he's been on the left wing, you know, the fact that, you know, you have all these other wingers that are natural wingers sitting on the bench, and you're putting in Nem Rodriguez as a wing. It just goes to show how much incompetence there is on the coach staff. Like, dude, like, you've tried this, you really, you've, you've, You've played this song already. You've played this instrument already. It doesn't work. Do something else. Try something else. It's it's, it's insanity. You're you're trying to you're trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which we haven't we haven't gotten. That's this is why we're in this eleven game on winning streak that we've been on. Um, and obviously it's gone worse because at least we were we were chuckling at Tynamo, but you know at least we we're getting some points. Now, dude, I mean, we're losing by two, three goals a game now. It's 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 not fun. It's not fun at all. And um and you go and see the same players run out there, like if they're able to do something different than what they did the last five, six matches previous, it's upsetting because there's so many other other players that can give, be given opportunity. And I'm not just talking about bah- Bahamas because I know a bunch of y'all probably in the back of your mind like, oh, he's in the con another. Bahamich rant. No, I'm not talking about Bahamich, but he is one of the players that I do would prefer to see instead of all these other players that have done nothing. Um, I mean, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, well, international duties. A lot of teams have international duties. A lot of teams have international duties with better players they're, miss- they're losing. Losing better players, and they're still finding ways to win. They still have the depth to win, you know, and things of that nature, but yet here we are, status quo, we we accept it. We we that's the we we that and, and that's what we are as as a club. We accept accept crap. Look, we've uh you know we've been a mediocre at best team for years now. Um, I, I'm gonna count out probably seven to eight years. I mean, yeah, we had the one run into the Western Conference uh, semifinal. Uh, you know, against Seattle, uh, we beat Portland in Portland uh, in a huge match. Um, but, uh, at, you know, at the same time, you know, the best that we have to show for the last seven seasons is an open cup and then that one playoff run. And that's it. That That's literally all we have to show for it. We haven't made playoffs in seven out of eight seasons um, or six out of seven seasons, as it were. Um, you know, look, we have, you, you know, we have a team. It's the best way I'm going to put it. We have a team. Um, and there's a lot of changes that are going to be needed yet again in the offseason. So Dynamo Insider asked the question. I think this is an important one, almost more important than if we fire Tab now. Who's currently on the market for new coaches? I, I think there's a few names out there, but I don't want to touch on that quite yet. That's towards the end of the show. Uh, so Dynamo Insider asked, do you all see another season overhaul? And talking about the offseason now that we have Ted Bucks. Look, I, I don't know what Ted's approach financially is going to be. Uh, 
you know, is he going to be an owner that is more willing to spend, you know, higher amounts of money? I can say that he has spent more money currently, um, you know, but there are also players on our bench that, that, you know, that frankly shouldn't be here. Um, I want to see in the off season specifically, I want to see Ted, uh, Ted, uh, Ted Lasseter. I was about to say Ted Lasso. Uh, Ted Segal spend, you know, uh, sign off on spending money for very important players that we need in the starting lineup. Um, you get Ted Lasso as a coach? Uh, I, you yeah. know, I mean, the Tynamo would definitely be Ted Lasso's approach. Like, hey, let's go Tynamo, baby. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I look at the current roster and there are holes that I see. And, and I've seen these same holes year over year. You know, we obviously have a hole at midfielder. I think Vera is very solid. I think Coco is very solid. My problem is, is when Corona's on the pitch, and I love Joe Corona, my problem is when Corona's on the pitch, he is a strictly defensive player. Vera has become more of an attack-oriented player in this forced formation, and I would be curious with Coco playing there, uh, Karaskia, uh, with him playing a, a higher up the pitch, does that allow Vera to sit more in the middle of the midfield, so to speak, kind of that center of the spine, uh, and then Corona kind of deeper in behind him? You know, somebody pointed out earlier that when we play this 2DM formation, we expect it to be more defensively sound, which in reality, it's been more defensively sound. But the problem is, is both of our defensive mids are having to play box to box the entire 90 minutes. There's a reason Corona typically gets subbed around the 70, 75th minute, 80th minute, depending on the match. There's a reason why Vera is out there literally sweating through his jersey by the 50th minute. There's a reason why Derek Jones does not play an entire match most matches. Um, you know, it, it it is the fact that we run our defensive midfielders box to box. That's not what most defensive midfielders want to do. They want to sit a little bit higher above the back line. They're more than content to run, you know, 70% of the pitch. But running box to box consistently in this high press system, it exhausts your defensive midfielders. No, it exhausts your and, center midfielders. Go ahead. And the same thing to be said. I mean, the fact is you invested a lot of money in your defense. Like yeah. I said, you invested all, you're going to invest almost a million dollars in Tim Parker, by the way, this, this is looking. Um, you, 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 teenage is on DP money at, at the moment. You know? Umqua was supposed to, it's supposed to be supposedly better than, than Lundy. That's why you keep running him out there and left back. But, I mean, I haven't seen any of that. And then, already, obviously, Valentin was supposed to, it's supposed to be the, the, the uh, I'm guessing, the face of the franchise because I see him on every on every social media thing and all, all that good stuff out there and, and social media with, with that has to do with the dynamo. Uh, but yet we're still throwing out two sixes out there. Why are we investing so much into the defense when we invested so much on the defense from, from a financial standpoint? If, if, if those players are not departing, you spent that money, then you look at, then you're looking like a dummy for spending that type of money on those players. If they're not, well, if they're not able to defend the ball well with one six, nonetheless with two, you know, I'm tired of sacrificing on the offense, man, because, I mean, we're just not there offensively. Um, you know, um, Fidel, what's up, man? He, he, he brings a quick question. Well, why doesn't the Dynamo invest in their youth or is there no faith in their talent? You know, I, like, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think it's just one of those things where hey, they're, they're, they're in such a, man, we got to make the playoffs, man. We got we to do something. We got to bring a winning mentality here, you know, and things of that nature. But at the same time, you know, do you do you throw away another season to let your players to let the youth play? This at this point, I, I would, for my opinion, you know, because like I said, like I said earlier, is this team these this this batch of players currently haven't shown me anything to show that they're gonna make a playoff run or or compete for one of those playoff spots. 
And to be honest, none of these players individually, aside from Pasher, has shown me that they that they can do any better than what's than what's in the youth academy right now. So why not? Why not give them an opportunity? You know, and the Dynamo Insider says teenagers achieve DP. So hopefully, yeah, yeah, we all we all understand that. That's that's fine and dandy. I mean, but you paid money. You paid you paid a transfer fee for this guy to come over. You know, you 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 made. He's one of he's he's one of the the best paid defenders in the league. So I mean, if that alongside with Parker, who you gave a three year extension to, are not are not it, then then what then what are we doing? What what's the squad doing? What's the team doing? Yeah, so you know we we've talked about that a little bit, touched on it. Let's talk about youth for for a few minutes. I think it's probably a good thing to talk about. Uh, obviously, the Dynamo have Marcelo Palomino out on loan to Charlotte FC, uh, Charlotte uh, Independence. You obviously have Eric McHugh, who's on loan to I forget where he went on loan to, but he's out on loan out somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, you've got other players that are out on loan as well, oh, young man. players. He's in Charleston. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, Charleston, thank you. Charleston Battery. Uh, yeah, East Coast. Uh, Charleston, South Carolina, in case anybody's wondering. Thank you, Christopher, as well. Appreciate that. Uh, but we've got these young players that are out there. And look, you know, it's only three to four players in total that are out on loan, young players. Um, you know, we've got Danny Rios in the wings that, you know, that that's a forward that could play in, in multiple positions, um, you know, adequately enough. Um, you know, no worse than what we currently have uh, as our backup. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, we've got uh, other players in midfield that are coming through the academy. We've got young players. The young players is, you know, the number of young players is not the issue. The problem is, is that these players, because they're being shipped off for these loans, we aren't recalling them when the player's playing well. We're just letting them stay on loan to get that year out away from the club. My problem with that is, is what they're learning while they're away from the club is not going to fit into tab system anyways. What they're going to learn is they're going to learn that club's specific approach to how they want to play, that coach's specific approach to how they want to play. So when they get back here, there's still going to be a learning curve to playing for this coach. Now, you can say the best players in the world are able to adapt to a new coach without an issue. They just play their position. The, pit, you know, the coach understands it. But there's a difference to how Tab approaches things versus how a really, really good coach would approach things, which is – Tab is very much, I'm going to tell you exactly what position you're going to play. I'm going to tell you how to play it. Whereas a lot of these other coaches, they're going to look at the available players they have, and they're going to slot them into positions to, to play their best, to give them the best opportunity to succeed. It was my same issue with Wilmer. It was my same issue with Owen Coyle. It was my same issue with Wade Barrett. It's my same issue now with Tab. Why are we continuing to play players out of position? A perfect example is Memo on the mother wing. Why has this guy continued to be trotted out on the wing? Why, oh, why, oh, why? This guy can't do anything on the wing. He can't take players on. He can't beat players off the dribble. He doesn't have the the pace to beat players. He's not going to win you a ball over the top. He's going to be tenacious. He's going to be annoying. He's going to be a nuisance. But that is much better as a 10 or as even as a shadow striker at you know uh, playing up there with with your true striker, whatever it is. But the position of winger for, for Memo is just an atrocity to me. And I fear that if the Dynamo were to recall Marcelo Palomino, Tab would try to play him in a position that's not fitting for how he wants to play and for how oh, he for plays sure, best. For sure, sure. I mean, you know, and and that's and that's one, that's one thing about Tab that I, I was kind of skeptical about when he was signed to the Dynamo. You know, as as much as I was excited because of his degree and all that stuff, the thing is, like you mentioned earlier in the show, he never had any professional coaching. He's never done a professional coaching job. And it's a different thing coaching 
youth players as opposed to coaching professional players. Youth players, they're, they're, they're on a come up. They're hungry. They're, they'll do whatever you tell them to do. They, if you tell them run through this wall and they'll get you and they'll get you more minutes, this and that, they're going to run through that wall. Professional players, they already made it. They've done what they've done. They, 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 they know their skill set. They know what they can do, what they can't do. You know? um, now, as a coach, it, it, as, a, as a professional coach, it's up to that coach to, to put those players in positions that best suits them. And best and and best produces for the team and, and as a whole, put all those pieces together to make it work. It's a it's a puzzle, you know. You're gonna have you're gonna have players that don't normally play wings. That for once in a while might have to play a wing, and that's and that's fine. That's okay, you know. Injuries, uh, call ups, and things like that happen. We understand that. But when you're forcing a player to play a position that he's not been doing any any good at. Then that's where we start losing faith in, in your ability to coach and what you're doing, you know. And the fact, you know, and obviously Memo being the big, uh, the big target here, you know. And it's not, and it's not just at him, you know. There's other other players that play positions that we, I'm just like, you know, what's going on? You no, know? <clears throat> I'm not. Just too say much it. Just say it. You're like, why is Fafa still starting on the wing? No, no, just no, say no, it. no, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too much of a fan of Junka playing left back. To be honest, that's fair. That's fair. You know. Honestly, I mean, you know, if, I mean, obviously everybody knows my, my, my supposed, my supposed, my supposedly hatred towards Fafa. I have no hatred towards any player, man. That's not, I don't, I don't, I've never, don't. I've never heard or seen you lie on the air live, oh, but oh, friends, God. we have had our first instance and, and, of Mark and, and, and absolutely bold face telling you, telling you a, and you, you, a lie. and you still haven't seen me lie. I'm telling you the <laughs> truth. I would, I would, I would be praising Fafa if he was actually doing something out there in the pitch. Now, trust me, I would be the first one eating crow if he was out there actually, actually doing something on the pitch, offensively. You know, um, the the fact of the matter is that these, you know, these players playing out of out of out of position is just not working. You know, uh, George, obviously the big Junko fan, he is Junko struts down the opposing best player. That's a fact. No, sir, that's not a fact. <laughs> it's not. Junko's been beaten, man. He, he, he's, he's, yeah, I'd rather him play a center back. He has the body built for a center back. But as a left back, man, he doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the velocity to hang. He gets beat. He gets beat. And that's why the Dynamo are in the position they're in. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, obviously I wish Junko was, was working on left back and he was outright the best left back that we've ever had. But it's just not the case, man. It's not the case. No, uh, so then my insider says Fafa, the yellow card merchant. Yeah, yellow cards, offsides. You know, but but he but he plays well, but he plays well on defense. But he plays well on defense. That's great. But he's an offensive player. I need him to be offensive. <laughs> yeah, but when you don't have a left back that can track back adequately enough, you have to have somebody that can you know That's track true. back on the right or put the left. Fafa, as the case may be. And Zarek Valentin ain't on the right side either. Put, put Fafa on left back. Maybe that'll work. I mean, he's played left back and he's played right back, so that, there you go, man. You, you're that, not far that, off. Maybe that's the solution we need. But we don't, we don't have. Then we don't have a left winger. We're already low on wingers. Why are you trying to take away our other winger? We can't afford maybe, to do that either. Maybe we go with a with a single with a single guy up front. That's it. Who knows? Yeah. Know. So Sergio, you know this. I know this question came up earlier. You know what what coaches would you like to to the Dynamo to look at? I think Gonzalo Pineda was probably one of our best opportunities and. Holding on to Tab, not being willing to make that phone call to Pineda. I think if we're honest, I think Pineda would have been the perfect fit here. He comes, would have came from Seattle, a, a system that obviously is working very, very well. 
uh, and we've just stopped. Um, so besides that, though, I wanted to I wanted to hit on something that that came up in chat that honestly it was absolutely one hundred percent on on point, and that's from the Christopher G. The fact that we're a man up versus RSL and still absolutely not a single player in the box. Look, I can't tell you the number of times I have yelled at my TV watching these away matches and even home matches when I can't make it to the stadium. I am yelling at my TV, asking the very question you're asking right now. Why can we not get players in the box when the ball is sent into the box? Look, I, I we can do it in the first 15, 20 minutes of the match, but after our guys start getting tired in the 30th minute, there is nobody in that damn box able to even there, – there's nobody approaching the box. Look, there was an opportunity in the match versus Austin where Memo was trotting up to the box, very slowly I might add, very late in the match, and there was a cross from uh, – it wasn't Pasher. It was probably uh, Junqua. Uh, no, it wasn't Junqua either. It was probably Val- Valentin, and it came across – just flashed across the box. The, the open goal, and Memo's nowhere to be – like there's not a single damn player in the box at all. And, yeah. and look, I, I, it might have even been Dorsey that actually served it in. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is there's nobody in the box. 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 This is important late in the match because if you're not trashing the box, if you're not crashing the box, if you're not trashing the goal, you are not going to score goals, you're, especially on these damn set pieces, especially on your opportunities where you're sending the ball in. Look, we want to be a team that plays on the wings. We want to have that creativity. You have to have somebody in the box to, to finish that, that service. You know, uh, the the Welco Show 5, um, man, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, but appreciate you being on the chat, says, I like Dorsey on the wing. He's actually creative. You know, it's, 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 it's a crazy thing. You know, obviously, Dorsey is someone they just picked up from the scraps of Toronto FC, I, I think. Another well. player that we've picked yeah. up that was a backup. You know, so, I mean, obviously, look, the guy's getting an opportunity to play. He's going to make the most of it, you know, what he can. But, I mean, honestly, his talent level is not nowhere near what we need, you know. He's not. He's he's not gonna be. He's not. He's not that that player that's gonna change the, the 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 style and and create things, you know, and 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 make things happen, you know. He's just out there. He's just happy to be out there. So he's gonna give it his all because somebody's actually giving him minutes, you know. But why do you think Toronto FC let him go for nothing? Why do you think he was a, anybody was able to pick him up? You know, it just so happened to be the Dynamo that we picked him up because I think he was a, a youth. There at one point, and Tab must have saw him across the hallway, at, at you know in Florida during their time over there coaching the youth teams. You know, I, obviously that's that's all that's all they need that's all they need to to make them a dynamo. Hey, if I saw you at the youth team camp, you know once some some day in January, yeah, come on, you can join the dynamo. That's all it seems to take. But it's 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 a shame, man. You know, like I said, you know it's it's like you said. You know, from going, you know, during the, the Dynamo peak years when we were the best team as far as scoring goals from set pieces because we had players like Brad Davis and we had, you know, uh, players who, were, who weren't afraid to crash the, the box like Eddie Robinson and Bobby Boswell and, and players like that. To go into having absolutely no goals on set pieces, really, in one of the worst teams for the last five years on set pieces. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, you know, he also says I also miss Elise bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, for as much as you know, we crap on Elise's, you know, some failures that he had. But I mean, you, but you could see, but you can see the talent, the, the the talent that he had was a lot different, and why all the teams focused their attention on Elise when they played the Dynamo and they didn't give a damn about nobody else because that guy, that guy was the guy. You know, I mean, you know, I know, I know, Sean tells me sometimes. 
you know, well, that's why they double team Fafa because it's net. Yeah, but you know, but at least was still able to make it happen. Fafa hasn't hardly ever, hardly ever let the last season he was here. Hardly yeah. ever. He wasn't. He no. He wasn't out there beating double teams. His ass was getting beat on double teams. I mean, but 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 he, but he was out there scoring goals. He was making assists. He was doing cross. He was making the crosses. You know. I mean, you know. I'm not gonna say he was he was a world beater or anything like that either. But he was. Yeah, we had a better forward too. We had a better striker who was here the whole season yeah. and not not having to deal with COVID either. But I digress. Hey, point is point. I mean, I mean, I mean like like I said, we could always blame COVID for everything, but everybody else is going through COVID issues too. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But also look look at the look at the table. The table is very different this season than it's been in seasons past. Same thing with last season. It wasn't the same it's not the same table. It's not the same MLS. What I'm trying to say though, what I want to get the point across is look, I, I agree, George. Maxi has been a solid yeah, he's a been solid, solid forward. Yeah. He's been a great striker. I'm not arguing that. The problem is that Maxi is not going to be that guy that's going to finish off the cross nine times out of ten. It's gonna have to be your guy who's your your shadow striker. It's gonna have to be your your you know attacking midfielder, your number six that should be moving higher up the pitch. Um, you know they they should be uh, not your six, sorry, your 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 ten, uh, your ten should be you know playing higher up. They should be moving yeah. into the attack, and they're just frankly they're not at this point. And that was the point I was trying to get across is, look, even when Memo's been that guy, when he's been the guy, whether you want to say he's cutting in or he moves to shifts to the center of midfield, whatever it is, I don't care where he's playing. I really don't. He's not the guy crashing the box, and if he's not going to crash into the box, then those those services that we do get, which are far and few between anyways, those services that we do get, frankly, are always going to go wanting. And look, the, the thing that made Elise as good as he was was his pace and his speed and his ability to get the ball across the box so that someone could try to get to the end of it. But but that's not happening because there's nobody to get to the end of it. Look, Rudy's drawing double teams when he's on the pitch. In the box, he has usually one to two of their best center backs on him, and that's not going to change until there's somebody on the wing that's going to that's going to pull those players out. And look, I, I've you know, I, I this was at the beginning of the season. Fafa was being double teamed consistently because the player on the right, Pasher, was an unknown, so they weren't playing him as heavy, and that's why Pasher was able to get the opportunities he was. But once Pasher left, there was nobody on that wing. Look, nobody's afraid of Griffin Dorsey running at them. He's not going to beat a player off the dribble. That guy runs like a gazelle, but he's not fast. He's not fast. He's not beating people over the top. Look, you know, if you want to say Ariel Lasseter, he's not, uh, the, the few times we've seen him this season, he's not been beating players off the ball. He's not beating players one-on-one. -on -one. He's not creating opportunities. So as much as we want to knock our existing wingers right now, the fact is we have nobody else on, at depth at wing. We have zero depth at wing. And yet that was supposed to be one of the strong points coming into the season. And the fact is, is you've played Fafa Pico as much as you've played uh, Maxi Arruti, who are your top minutes players outside of your, your center midfielders, who, uh, like Vera, who's played basically every match. But, but what I'm trying to get at is, if you continue to play players out of position, like George says, Lassity is also being played out of position. Bahamich is being played out of position. Fafa Pico is being played out of position. Memo is being played out of position. You know, Griffin Dorsey technically is being played out of position. Technically, if you want to go, you know, Ian Hoffman is being played out of position. Look, all these players are being played out of position because Tab refuses to change and shift his approach and his tactics. And if you have a coach that is not going to change their tactics or their shifts or shift their tactics to match the players that are being brought in, it's never going to work. Look, it is always going to be a failure because eventually the player is going to get tired of playing out of position. It's not their comfort level, and, and, and not every player is just automatically going to, going to figure it out. They're going to need help along the way, and we've not seen it. 
Dynamo Insider says, this is why we could have gotten Jeremy Abobise. And he's right. We had an opportunity. He clearly went to another team. We had an opportunity to get a, a decent forward uh, that would have been a great, uh, a great option for us up top. But instead, we signed and, and traded for Corey Baird. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's just, like I said, it just goes back to Dynamo, Dynamo just picking up pieces that nobody else wants. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand one man's trash is another man's treasure, but shit, you know, we, we're we're picking up trash and making even worse trash. <laughs> we're, <laughs> so, we're picking up trash that's still trash. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I, I like the uh, question though uh, from Dewoko. 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 Uh, well, damn, who's being played in position? I think the only player that I could I could argue that's being played in position is uh, Marco Maric okay. and uh, and Tim Parker. Uh, and that's it. Maybe teenage Hadibi. Maybe maybe teenage Hadibi. But that's about it. Like your your three, those players can't be played at. Well, I can't. I shouldn't say can't because I've seen minor be played at left back and right back. Uh, you know, but it, it's very very uh, very weird to see a center back playing as an outside back, and it, it's even more unusual to see a goalkeeper played anywhere else. So you know, those three players I think are the only ones really being played in position, other than Arudi, who's being played as a striker, I suppose. But look, we, we've got we've we've got our players that came in. We've got Corey Baird, you know, who I think actually can be a great asset. I think once Rudy's back fully, I think uh, you know once our other uh, you know once Pasher comes back, I think once you know once we can get Memo off the wing and as a, as a kind of shadow striker or number number nine, um, you know, I think once we can get Karskia really going, I think once we get all these things going, I think this team does have the capability to be a decent team. But there there are so many pieces that are having to be played out of position because we refuse to shift our formation and our tactical approach. We have we refuse to play our best players in their best positions, with the exception of a Tyler Pasher or a Maxi Arudi or a Tim Parker. Everybody else is really being played out of position. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 um it's one of those things where now I'm I'm looking at the chat right, and I said obviously uh, the local show says I like Parker and Tinez together for what it's worth. No, and I think that pairing could work a lot, you know, together. I mean, I think both of them have the physical attributes with Parker being the 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 the, the sturdy, strong one, and teenage being the the physical uh, with the with the with the agility and the, the the velocity. So I think that partnership could work a lot. But the fact of the matter is, like, man, when I look at this team from top to bottom, man, I maybe want just five players back next season. If that, if if to be honest. Um, it's, it's, it, this team is in shambles, man. It, it seems like they're, you know, for, for, for all this, for all this hype, you know, I think somebody mentioned in the chat, in the chat that, that, that Tab called Fafa, a DP like signing. That's no, 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 no. That was, that was not the quote that the quote was that bringing in Tab at the time, signing Tab as coach was okay. a DP, was a DP level. Well, signing. well, well, well whatever the case is, it, that's that, 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 for that to be even said now, it's, it's a joke joke and and the fact the fact of the matter is that you know this team needs to just have a complete rebuild i mean there's we're, we're bandage we're, we're putting bandages over a crap team you know? let me let me ask you a, a very pointed question hmm? if if the dynamo let's say okay let's just say hypothetical okay, the dynamo okay. wait until the off season they make their moves they bring in a new coach they bring in a new gm and they dump ninety percent of this roster, keeping Marco Maric, keeping Tim Parker, keeping Teenage Davy, keeping Tyler Pasture, and keeping Maxi Rudy, and then dumping everybody else, and they bring in new players. Um, if all of that happens, 
And the players that they bring in are young players. Um, you know, they bring in Marcelo Palomino. They bring Eric McEwen and just go ahead and let him go out there regardless of how much abuse he's going to take. They do all that in the offseason. Is that for you at this, at this point, knowing full well that we still have about a half season to go, is that enough? Or do you feel that there's still more that this team needs to do? Do they need to sign that big star? Or are you okay with, are you okay with for this upcoming offseason – if they just go full rebuild, they keep the big core pieces and they just bring in a bunch of younger players. They bring in the players that they already have that are young, that, that are ready to, to at least get opportunities. Uh, and, and they create that kind of environment of a bunch of young kids knowing that they're going to be one or two pieces away, knowing full well that they're probably only vying for playoffs at that point. Before I answer that question, who do you, who do you, I guess my question to you would be, would, who, who would be the players that for sure would want to keep here? Parker, obviously, uh, marriage, I guess. Hadibi, I guess we, you know, because we haven't seen enough of him. Pasher, and and I and I, the Christopher G set mentions Derrick Jones, which, yeah, I guess he's young enough and he's shown quite. He has shown flashes. You know, it's one of those things where, like, if we're talking about right now, right now, I would, I would, if I was gonna dump the coach right now and just say go recall Palomino, recall McHugh, and 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 whoever the interim coaches play those guys and see what we have for the future, I'm down for that. Honestly, I'm down for that. And then for the off season, I'm, I, everybody's available. I, I, to be honest, that's that, that's that's where I'm at now. Everybody's available. Let's see, let's see, let's see what these players can can can, can you know what kind of money these players can bring in. If they're really, you know, good players, and we're and the Dynamo is just not using them right and playing them out of position, Let's see who else is willing to pay us money for these players that you know, for some reason can't get it together, um, you know. And if people are, and if there's teams out there that are willing to pay them, then show me how much and let's and let's let's, let's make deals happen, you know. Uh, I'm deal or no deal here, at this moment. Um, as as far as like a new GM and coach coming in, you know, obviously. You know, I'm a, if, the, if those guys' idea when they come in is to tear down the whole squad and make it a whole revamp and do a whole different formation with a whole all new faces and everybody getting new numbers and all that stuff, cool. I'm so down. Let's do it. Um, but like I said, it's it's hard to revamp on an entire team over one off season or one transfer window. So obviously, you know, obviously I know something like that is very highly unlikely. I think we would have to keep at least 50-60% of the team that's intact right now. But if that new coach or, or new GM actually does have Ted Bucks and, 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 and real Ted Bucks behind them to the point where they can bring in good, talented players that up the level of the whole team, then I'm fine with that too, you know. Like we said, I don't. I don't think you and me are disagreeing here that the level of quality on this team is unacceptable. It's not where it needs to be. So obviously, we need to bring in players who are going to up that level. And if and if and and those players, unfortunately, they cost money, man. They cost money. You know, uh, Nicholas Lodero for Seattle didn't come in. Didn't come in here for cheap. Oh, Rodriguez didn't come in for cheap. Uh, Reynoso for Minnesota United didn't come in cheap. Charles Gill for for New England Revolution didn't come in cheap. Gustavo Bull didn't come in cheap. Alejandro Pozuelo didn't come in cheap. These these players don't come in cheap, man. 
if we're really gonna take off the stigma of being a cheap club and and being uh low, being top three as far as lowest payroll in the league, and let's do it, man. Let's bring in the talent that's necessary to take the dynamo out of the gutter and bring them to the forefront where they belong. Because this is this 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 franchise is a, is is a is a, is a franchise. That's one of the pillars of this league. You know, we're we're only a handful of of clubs that have multiple championships in this league, and that's something to be proud of. But unfortunately, for right now, the direction that the team is going, that seems so long ago, so long ago. It's an unfortunate thing. Uh, yeah. So Dooko uh, says, I mean, the USA team did that, and it creates interest in knowing that we are going to play the youth. Shows we have a sense of direction. I mean, I agree with you. I, I think if it, you know if if the intent at this point, and you're looking at the team, if I'm Ted and I look at this team, I know I have to dump Tab and I have to dump Jordan. There's just no doubt to me. And if I'm doing that, if I know I'm doing that in the offseason, I'm not waiting until the offseason. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I don't care if I have to just bring it in interim guys for now, whatever it is. I, it, just letting them continue on is not making anybody's, you know, anybody better at this point. Um, you know, so... And and to Kenny's point, just sign one attacking DP. That's all I want for the offseason. One that can make other players better. That's the key for MLS. Dude, I've been saying this forever. We need just sign one ten, one one high quality number ten that can create and score the ball. And trust me, the the I don't know I don't know if I don't think it'll make the Dynamo a championship caliber team, but for sure it would make them a playoff team. But the unfortunate thing here is that we don't play that formation where there's a high quality yep. ten. That could be placed in this position, so and Tab is never going to get away from, never going to get away from playing the system that he's playing and the, the formation exactly. he's playing. Exactly, and and the fact of the matter is that that shows one of the shortcomings of, uh, of Tab as far as a coach. A coach is not willing to adapt the talent that he has on his squad just to enforce them to play the type of football he wants to play because that's the only type of football he he understands how to play. That, that, that's a, that's a really short-sighted coach, you know. Because if I have talented players that can do other things for me better than what I can put them under my scheme or system, then I'm gonna try to make it work. I'm gonna bring in coaches and, and, and I'm gonna bring in assistants that know differently than what I do. So that way, if something else happens, or we can we can put our minds together and create different different opportunities and different formations for these players to maximize their skill level. We're really talking about players that, that don't have high level skills, and now you're minimalizing their skill level because you're playing them out of position. You're playing them for, in a formation that, that 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 concentrates so much on defending and defending and defending where you can't do nothing offensively. And then yet here as a fan base, we're expecting you to score goals so you can win games. And <laughs> you, you see where the problem lies. That's this is the reason why we're not winning. This is the reason why, why we're not even tying anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think no matter what happens, this offseason is going to see, uh, definitively going to see at least a few players gone, um, and, and probably some valuable players in terms of what we spent to bring them in. Um, and, and the question is, and, and to the point of, uh, you know, Christopher's point there, the fact we sold both Elise and Minotis and didn't really replace either of them, so disrespectful to the fans. I think that's a valuable point, you know, to make as well. And, and I think it shows, once again... You know, look, look, Ted, Ted is coming in and, and he has said that he's willing to put forth the resources necessary to help the team succeed. 
At this point, I would argue that has not happened. Now, I've also said that we need to give uh, Ted Seagal this offseason because it really wasn't going to happen during the season. It wasn't going to happen midseason. If we sell those players or if we, you know, let those players go, we waive them or we get rid of them, whomever they may be, there's, you know, probably four to five, if not more. You know, if we, we do see those players leave and we replace them with nothing more than backups from across MLS, that is your indication and your answer that Ted is nothing different from what Gabriel Brenner was. He is just a new face, a new name, and a new voice. Um, you know, oh, and – oh, uh, go ahead. Let me ask you something real quick. You say that, you know, obviously Ted said he would he would do whatever he needed financially to back the team, make to improve the team and all that stuff, right, which, which sounds great. Awesome, right? But – Let's not kid ourselves. I'm sure Ted has been watching the Dynamo before he, they actually bought him. He had a lot of time to watch this team play. And obviously he's watching them play now as the current owner. Right? Why would I put money into a team and behind a coach that's showing me nothing, who's not willing to change his style up or anything? To be honest you know what the... Yeah, I'm going to tell you the answer to that right now. And this is the answer that honestly scares me and concerns me the most because the timing of this is a little bit suspect. And then we go into, you know, if we continue, and again, this is predicated purely on if we continue in the same path we're on. If we don't improve this offseason, if he doesn't open up the checkbook this offseason, I think it's a clear indicator of exactly this. And I'm ready to tell you what it is. It is a clear indicator to me that Ted Segal came in here to invest prior to and buy in prior to World Cup 2026. He's trying, he's watching, literally it's an investment for him. He's watching the investment opportunity rise. He wants to get in at the, get in at the lowest possible point that he can get in at and then let the wave and momentum of World Cup 2026 carry him, uh, carry the investment up high enough. Then he's going to sell after 2026. That means you have an owner, in my opinion, again, it all predicates on what happens this offseason, but you have an owner that is really tangibly not here for the long term. Regardless of what he may say on camera, I don't feel like Ted Segal, and I've said this, I've said this to multiple people, I don't feel like Ted Segal is a long-term owner for this club. If he is a long-term owner for this club, we will see that change in the offseason very clearly in how the Dynamo approach the offseason. We get rid of those players that are weighing us down. We bring in better players, not just backups from across MLS. We fire and get rid of Matt Jordan. We let Tab see the door. We bring in a world-renowned or at least a U.S.-renowned, MLS-renowned coach. We bring in somebody that is going to carry clout and and regard in the business as our coach we bring in somebody that is going that is known for or someone at the very least who's an assistant gm in a position on a club such as a gonzalo pineda in terms of the uh you know backup uh, backup uh, coach there uh but we bring in an assistant gm or or a gm who's already a proven gm from a team that clearly is doing it the right way we can't afford to swing and miss with ted with ted at the helm at this point and and you know, otherwise, there's literally going to be no fan base left. You know, it's funny. Somebody mentioned on the chat, obviously, uh, laughingly, that, you know, I should have signed Messi. Um, if Ted went and signed Messi, I'm sure Tab would have tried to pay Messi as a six. That's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and, and, oh, and, man, and, you are so right. Ooh, I didn't even consider that. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, Ted can come out here. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic about, about Ted, right? 
you know, obviously I understand where you're coming from, you know, and, and, and all this stuff. And, and I'm hoping that that's not the case, but I can see why that would be the case as well. Right. As an ownership, but let's, but being optimistic. I want to be optimistic about the, the new ownership. But, um, if Ted came in here and just spent his ass off in this, during the summer transfer window and still got the same results. I mean, I mean, think about it as, as a, as a, as an owner who literally you're putting your money on the line to see ex- the exact same results. Now you're, now you're, you're putting yourself behind the a ball because now you're like, man, I could have had that money with somebody else who came in with fresher ideas and use that for the winter window. You know, um, Unfortunately, this this is this is what it is, man. Ab is limited as a coach. Uh, his his foresight is, is is not what we thought it was. You know, obviously we had a lot of praise for him and 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 a lot and a lot of high expectations for what for what he brought because of his pedigree. But obviously he's falling way way short. I think I saw somewhere on Twitter where out of all the coaches who've coached at least forty games, he's the lowest. Um, he's had the lowest amount of wins and lowest amount of points. Uh, garnered in his first 40 wins as a coach, which is sad, dude. Owen Coyle did, did is running circles over you. Yep. Owen Coyle, Owen freaking Coyle. You know, um, it's it's a, it's a shame, and I, I don't blame Ted for not for not uh, for not spending any money this summer. Obviously, the teenage Hadabi thing was already in, in process before Tab actually before Ted actually became owner. So I think he just kind of. Hey, okay, I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna make this fine. I'm gonna finalize this, and we're gonna go ahead with that. I mean, that's the only reason why I think the teenage Hadabi thing happened. But great, it happened. Hopefully, he's here for the future, and hopefully, he's a great uh, center back for us for many years. Come, but like you said, I think this offseason is gonna speak volumes. The fact of the matter is, I I don't expect to see Matt Jordan here in Houston, whether he's in Cincinnati or. Nova Scotia. It doesn't matter to me as long as he's not in as long as he's not in Houston. Tab, that's a good one. Tab, tab. Can, can we can we send him uh, to Chicken Chicken NFC as in a, as a favor for sending chicken, us uh, teenage DBs? Chicken NFC is looking for a new general manager. <laughs> Jordan Link Lincoln. Um, but um, yeah, man, Tab. You know we appreciate what you what 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 you what you thought you were able to do, but unfortunately you fell way short. You know. Uh, see you when we see you. I really feel like Tab. I really feel like Tab needed an assistant coach position within MLS before he became a full time coach. You know, it's, it's, and he, I think he needed a, a, a assistant coach not only with that experience, but somebody who who sees the the, the pitch a little bit differently than what he does. You know, I thought because, I like, thought I thought that uh, Pablo Mastroeni last year was a great hire by him as an assistant coach, and I think that's why the team played as good as they did at times because of having Pablo Mastroeni who understood, you know, understood the ins and outs of MLS. And it's a shame that Pablo went to Austin FC. It would have been much better if he stayed here for everybody involved. Yeah, for sure. But you know, it's a, uh, it is what it is, you know, and it just didn't work out. Sometimes, you know, you, you hire a coach with, with high expectations. It just doesn't work out. And this is an unfortunate uh, situation for Tab. Like I said, I have nothing bad about the guy. You know, I, I think he's he's been very professional, very cordial. Obviously, he's a lot nicer and there's a lot of, a lot more access than what Wilmer did prior. But Wilmer, for as much as we disliked him, took us to the playoffs, won an open open cup. So I mean, you know, it, and, and 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 Tab has has gotten nowhere near that. has hasn't sniffed anything close to that. 
So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna harken back to some stuff that Kenny said earlier. One thing about MLS that I feel is lost on people that say spend more money, like that's an easy thing just to do. 27 of your players, generally speaking, are on a hard cap. So it's about the other three uh, where investment makes the difference. That's your DPs, basically, your young DPs or otherwise. And you need them to be positive influences on your regular players. And at this point, there's no doubt Darwin Quintero has not been a positive influence on our regular players. There's no doubt that Teenage Adibi has not had enough time to be a positive impact on our players. There's no doubt that Karaskia has not had enough time to be a positive impact on our players. Following that up, another question that was asked, do we see Matt Jordan out after this year? And this is not the question I care to answer because we already answered it. But and if not, and somehow Matt Jordan gets a contract extension, oh God, I think I'm about to throw up. What would that mean for the club? Mark, let me let me ask you this question. If Matt Jordan somehow escapes with a with a contract extension, oh God, I, like my stomach literally hurts thinking about that. If Matt Jordan gets a contract extension, even for just a single season, into 2022, what does that do to this team? Man. It's you time know, for the you, sad fox. Where's my sad fox? Where's my angry fox? No, it's time no, no, for him. No, 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 This is pissed off fox. <laughs> look, look, guys, one, one, one day I want, I want to show this fox. Happy fox. <laughs> but right now, this fox right here, it looks like he's going to stay for a while. You know? Um, dude, I, dude, I couldn't even fathom that happening. But if somehow, some way, this happens, dude, you know, I'm a supporter, right? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Dynamo supporter. You know, I'm always a part of a supporter group, you know, as, along with you, Sean, you know, and other people along with this chat, you know, whether it's Batillon, TA, Serge, uh, Bandera Negra, whatever. You know, supporters are supposed to be are held to a different standard where, you know, through, through, through thick and thin, you stand behind the club, you know, you support your club and all, and all that good stuff. And, and, I, and, I, and I wholeheartedly believe that as a supporter, not just of the Dynamo, but of other clubs around the world, right? You know, and... Unfortunately, you know, as as a as a supporter and as a fan, you have to you have to kind of ride the waves, especially when the way, especially when we're crashing and drowning, you know, the way we are now, we have to you know ride those waves, and 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 if something like that were to happen, man, it's just it's just a slap in the face. Now, what I would recommend as as a supporter of this club, if something like that were to happen, is to really really have other supporters unite and and really have their voices heard. You know, really has their voices heard to 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 management, to front office, and to everybody that that's willing to listen, to let them know that we're not satisfied with this, we're not happy with this, we're not content with being this, we're not content with being the sorriest team in MLS. To be honest, you know, even though that might be a little harsh, that's the way we, that's the way I feel, and especially that's the way I'll feel if Matt Jones is here again another for another season, um, and that's just the the the, the fact of the matter. I mean, you know, I I, w- I would recommend hey. Boycotting the fire sales, boycotting practice those the open practices, boycotting going to matches, boycotting wherever that money. If they're not willing to spend the money, you know what? We're not willing to spend the money. I can watch and support the Dynamo from t- at home on TV. Easy. I mean, yeah, I you know I I wholeheartedly agree, and that's gonna surprise some people because obviously I've been very anti any sort of visual movement, so to speak, you know, from the supporters or, or coordinated supporters action, if you will, uh, outside of just, Hey, don't renew your season tickets. But I think it, uh, and again, this is, this is me saying, you know, if something are, is to happen 
you know, if Matt is, Jordan is to is retained, is is you know brought back for another season, um, then yeah, I, I think the supporters need to organize something. I, I do think there needs to be a message sent. Um, look, Ted is not going to get the message unless the message is sent, and you know. I know that he understands that right now this is unacceptable. The form of the team is unacceptable. And, and again, we have to wait really probably until the offseason to really see his mark on the team and what changes are made and those sorts of things. But to the question that was asked, if no change is made, if we continue in the same direction we are continuing in, then, yeah, we absolutely have to pull a West Ham. We have to pull a Sunderland. We have to pull a, you know, there's plenty of other teams that have, that they're, you know, their fans have done it. We have to make a statement, man. United fans just did it earlier this year. Uh, we have to make a statement, you know, to our owner that this is unacceptable. This is going to continue to be unacceptable. And if you're not going to change what is going on as owner of the organization with the power to do so, then we are going to make a public demonstration to show you that we are not pleased and we are not happy. Uh, George says the fire cell is charity, though. That's fine. I can donate money or a check to the charity of, the, of my cause. I don't have to buy any merch. I don't have to buy anything from the Dynamo. I can, I can, I can, I can write a check. I can write... I can hand cash over to whichever charitable cause it needs to go to. Look, but, look, George says something. George says something else. He says, you know, if no supporter group were to show up, then I'll make it my mission to let the networks know. Here's the thing: in Houston specifically, in that stadium, if there's no supporters that have shown up, if that supporter section is completely empty and there's no band, there's no music, there's no chanting, it is noticeable not just on the broadcast; it is noticeable. Period in the stadium. It is going to send a resounding message. Now, my hope, my, my hope is we don't have to get to that point. But what I am saying is I am not opposed to getting to that point if Matt Jordan is retained for another year. This is my Matt Jordan is no longer an acceptable option at general manager. That is, I have clearly delineated that as a line we need to not cross. Oh, uh, dude, the, I mean, dude, the, the, the second... Like I said, I I have I wholeheartedly think that that's not going to happen, but in the point zero zero one percent chance that it does, dude, I'm wholeheartedly talking to everybody that I know who supports the Dynamo, especially you guys here on the chat, whatever, and we're and we're uniting uh, somehow, some way, and we're not, and we're gonna show, and we're gonna talk, and we're gonna make sure that these people listen, hear us, and and understand that this is not acceptable, and and they and if they and they're trying to make money off of us because you know we're we're diehards, then you're gonna have to find another way to make their money. And simple. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, that, but that was a good question, uh, Dynamo Insider. I uh, pre- uh, actually, it wasn't Dynamo Insider who asked that. Uh, yes, it was Dynamo Insider. Thank you for asking that question. I'm glad you asked it. It gave us an opportunity to kind of go on that tangent. Uh, look, there's a lot of people that say, you know, I think it's probably a little early to jump off the tab train. I think there's people who are against tab. There's people who are for tab. I, I, I am. Again, I'm I'm anti-tab at this point. I just think the system's not working. It's clear that, you know, regardless of the players that have been brought in, he's not changed enough of the system to really empower these players to to succeed. John, you, I mean, you can have you can have Kante, Golo Kante, and you can have jo- uh, uh, um, uh, Jordan Henderson as your two sixes in his Dynamo team, and and they're not going to produce what they what they're producing for their respective teams right now because I'm they're gonna. Yeah, I'm going to take it a step farther because Conte would actually make sense in this team because you have to remember where he plays. The player that I would say, yeah, if you brought in a player from the Premier League that everybody would accept to, expect to succeed and then you put him in a, out of position, the player would have to be Jack Grelish. Look, if you brought in Grelish and you played him as a six, there's no way that he's going to have the impact that he had in, you know, uh, in, in the Premier League because he doesn't play that position. He is best as an attacking midfielder. 
And look, Man City with Pep Guardiola know exactly what they're doing in signing Jack Grealish. And trust me, he's not going to be played as a deep-playing playmaker, deep-lying playmaker. He's absolutely going to be playing higher up the pitch. I only went on that. I'm glad you brought it up, but I'm only going on that tangent because it's important to know that Tab has been unwilling to make changes to the the tactics. I mean, he sure, he's he's played with a five-back formation a couple of times, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the tactical approach in the middle of the field and in the attack. He has sacrificed attack in order to protect his defense and protect his goal, and even that is not successful at this point. It's not succeeding anymore. And if that's not succeeding, then why are we sacrificing the attack? If we're going to sacrifice the attack for defense, I expect to win matches 1-0. If we are sacrificing defense for offense, then I want to go out there and win 5-6 to six or 4-3. to three. Whatever it is, I want to go win. But the fact is, is whatever we have sacrificed, it has been a significant negative, and we've not been able to have enough replacement and replenishment in the front or in the back, wherever we sacrifice. We've not been able to have the depth in those areas to actually succeed. If we don't have the depth in those areas to succeed, then Tab's tactics are never going to work. Yeah, I mean, you know, would I like to see Tab back for another year? Honestly, no. I mean, like, like, like I've mentioned it a couple of times already on the on the program, and I'm gonna keep beating it, beating it up. When you have a coach who's not willing to move from their from what they know and and put the players in the position that best suits those players' talent and and skill level, and you have a problem. You know, we all said the offseason, hey, well, let's wait until Tab brings in his own guys. Let's let wait till he brings in his own guys. Then this team will shoulder. This team will work. Uh, like will work like a like a working train and and everything will be fine and dandy and and it hasn't. Tab has brought in his guys, but I mean these guys these guys are being worn out. You know, for as much for as much as we celebrated the Dynamo taking Joe Corona away from Austin FC the way they did, at this point I'm like, dude, Austin FC you could have had Corona to be honest. You know, I mean for for as much. For as much hoopla that was was heard when uh when when they when he when he finally signed Marcelo Palomino last season because he was going to be uh, one of those players that came out from the academy and and he was a Houston homegrown whatever and all that stuff, dude, we sent him away. We sent him away. Why? Because he's a because he's, his natural position is a ten, and, and like and like we mentioned before, we don't have a ten in this formation. We don't have a ten in this team. So what what good is having a a, a good up and coming youthful player like Palomino who plays at ten if that position isn't available in the squad? Yeah, I like what uh, C. Sanford said in chat. I originally thought Tab was going to focus on player development, but instead he's plugging holes with players out of position. Yeah, it feels like he's trying to force a square peg into a round hole. You know, trying to make it work versus letting it work with the resources that he has at his exposure and. That is something that was a knock uh, on him when he was the U.S. Men, uh, U.S. Youth National Team coach for the men, uh, the U-20s and, and below, is that you know he was very consistent with how he wanted the team to play, and he would play players out of position, and, and sometimes it would get his teams in trouble. And you know, I, I look at the quality of talent that is in the U.S. Men's National Team right now, the team that just beat Mexico uh, for the Gold Cup. Um, and, and there is plenty of talent in that team, and much of it came from MLS. And if that's the case, there's not a single Dynamo player on that roster. And not Nobody a single Dynamo close. player on that. Oh, Nobody go ahead. Nobody even close. And yet Palomino would have been able to contend if he'd had a chance to play. 
Yeah, and I mean they put me. they put Memo on that thirty player list. I mean, when I saw his name, that was that a joke. Was, that I, was a flipping joke. I knew I. Dude, there were people I, that were saying, "Oh yeah, that's a great honor," and I'm like, "Dude, there dude, is no way he's making that 23." That was a complete joke, dude. Yeah, Memo, Mo, Memo wouldn't even made it as water boy in that squad. To be honest, let's be let's be real, man. I mean, I, I'm I mean, gonna say this though: if he had gone, it would have been the best thing for his career. Not because he would have played better, or, you know, he would have had a chance on the team. Nothing like saw, that. He would have learned how to play as a champion. He would have. He would have saw a, what a, what a winning mentality, what a winning culture looks like. You know. Um, you know, yeah. you know, for for as for as much as we as I think a lot of people crapped on, you know, the United States men's national team hiring Burholzer over Tata Martino. At the end of the day, you know, obviously the the U.S. Federation is laughing at everybody who who thought Tata was the better coach over over Burholzer because obviously he's showing on the pitch not only with the championships that he won, but with these players, not only just not only the European based players, but with the domestically players here and the MLS players he's doing it all I mean that that's that that's a coach showing you how to play with whatever he has on hand you know he, he that US go that gold cup yeah he could have easily won that gold cup if he had Pulisic and 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 Reyna and 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 Tyler Adams and all this stuff but no he didn't have that he had he had freaking uh Christian Rodon um uh, you know, and all all the other MLS guys, I can't think of at the top of my head right now. But yeah, but but you know what? But he not he didn't play the same formation. He didn't play those guys the same type of way. He used he he knew what he he understood what he had as a player as player personnel, and he put those guys in the best place to best maximize their skill level and set, and that's why they won that U.S. Gold Cup. So I want I want to talk uh, you know Concacaf Gold Cup let's get it right it's not just US. Uh, you're good. I mean I know we won so we can't put our name on it and our stamp on it but that's going a bit too far. Uh but Christopher G I like this those US players would run through a brick wall for Greg Burhalter. George replies yeah they definitely would hungry players. Here's the thing. When you have a coach as players if you have a coach that you're willing to do absolutely anything for then yeah, that that coach can play you out of position because you're still going to continue to to run. You're going to continue to give everything. We have seen it on the pitch. These players are not giving everything they have in every match. They're just not. They're going to say, "Yeah, I'm giving everything, 110 percent. I'm sweating through my bones." You know, they're going to collapse on the pitch at the end of matches. But the fact is, soccer is as much a mental game and a mental sport as it is a physical sport. Look, these players, there's no doubt that they can play a full 90 even playing the high press. Don't get me wrong. Even with these MLS players and the fitness that they have. The problem is, is they don't have the mentality. We talked about this before. We don't have leadership and we don't have mentality. They don't have the mentality to go run through that damn brick wall. Tab could tell them, hey, we need to open that door, and they would just ignore them and continue walking wherever they're going. They don't pay attention to Tab. Tab has lost this locker room. He's lost these players. It's clear to see. I don't know if it started with Darwin Quintero or if that's just a symptom of a bigger, of a bigger systemic issue. But the fact is, is these players don't respect Tab anymore. They don't want to play for Tab anymore. And it's only going to get worse if Tab continues to stay here. And look, I'm not saying go fire Tab tomorrow. But what I'm saying is you got to make sure Tab understands he's not sticking around at the end of the season. You've got to start working towards that that moment where he is gone. And the sooner you do it, the better. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Like I said, you know, nothing against the guy. But if, you know... If they lose to Colorado Rapids this uh, this Saturday, 
And Ted says, you know, thank you for everything you've done. You know, we'll, we'll see you when we see you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad. I wouldn't be mad. Bring me whatever interim coach you're going to put in and start playing the youth. That's, I mean, I, like I said, this season, these players in particular, they haven't showed me that they have the capabilities to up their level or play together as, as a unit and to really challenge for a playoff spot and then throw on top of the fact that they're going to lose their quote-unquote best player for six to eight weeks in that time period. Yeah, man, it's, it, it looks like a lost cause for the Dynamo this season, which absolutely sucks because I think coming in, we had a whole lot of expectations of maybe making it to the playoffs this season. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a shame. You know, uh, we're in a position that none of us wanted to be in at the end of last season and none of us expected to be in at the uh, end of last season. There were plenty of positives to build upon. I think the overhaul and the way that they went about it, unfortunately, like I said, you can't afford to sacrifice one side of the pitch for the other side of the pitch. You just can't. It's going to end up being the same thing just on the other side. You're going to continue to concede goals because you can't possess the ball long enough to actually force the opposition back into their own defensive third you aren't able to do that for a full 90 minutes. Your players are tired halfway through a match or 50 minutes through a match. There was a point in the middle of that match uh, against Austin where Teenage Davey and Derek Jones, who had just come on, he didn't, he didn't even play the full match, was bent over, huffing air, and they'd only been playing for like 50 minutes at that point. And I'm going, how are these players even going to make it 90, let alone 50? It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. I mean, you know, it's... <sighs> I mean, like I said, I, I feel like we're just beating a, de- a, a dead horse over and over again, saying the same thing just differently, time and time and again. again. But I mean, it's it, it, it is what it is. It's it's a frustrating uh, frustrating place to be in as a fan, as a supporter, you know. And it's and it sucks, man. You know, it sucks because think about it. I, I, I you know I think somebody mentioned it on Twitter doing the doing do uh, sometime during the Austin FC game or after it, you know. Because you know, obviously, we I, we keep up with that kind of stuff or whatever. Um, that somebody said that everybody who went as a supporter to the Austin FC game, that the Dynamo front office should should refund their travels and tickets, things of that nature. <laughs> you know, which you know, it, yeah, it's funny, wholeheartedly, whatever this and that. You know, and and but uh, sometimes it, it it feels that way, dude. Like I mean, people actually, you know, invest their money to make these trips up there. I mean, I know, I, I mean, I mean, I know that that trip for me up there wasn't, wasn't no, nothing, nothing cheap, you know? Um, and, and for everybody else who else was up there, it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing, nothing, just hey a quick trip to Austin and come back. No, man, we went up there, we spent a little money, you know, and we had a good time, but I mean, it would have been nice if we would have had the, 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 the club worthy of, of, of winning, you know, to go up there and, and really make some noise and really, and really be, you know, out there having a blast. But that wasn't the case, you know? Shoot. The next mor the next morning I-, I I had to go sit my ass in a sauna for a couple for half an hour just to go sweat out the smell of losing. So Yeah, it was definitely strong on y'all. I could smell it all the way here in Houston. It was pretty it was. bad. Y'all losers taking that trip. No, I'm just kidding. Uh no, I- there- there's a point here that I like from Doaco. Yet again, dude's dropping absolute dimes i like pasher but he should not be our top guy like no chance oh, of course obviously that course. that's the thing that's the thing right there though he he says it and it's such a humorous statement to make but he's got an absolute point that i think we tend to forget about which is we love to loud how great 
Pasher has been. Tyler Pasher is our best player. He's a guy coming in from the USL who who has absolutely performed up to and way beyond expectation. We had low expectations for him coming in, didn't know what he was going to bring, and the dude brought everything and more. But he was a USL player. The fact that a guy coming in as a USL player in his first season, not only does he does he beat out every other winger with the exception of Fafa Pico, uh, and apparently Memo occasionally, uh, but the fact that, that Pasher beat out all these other backup wingers, the fact that Pasher was the best player, and he's coming out of USL and never played for our club before, the fact that this is a player who absolutely dominates on his side of the pitch, look, it doesn't matter if he's single single teamed as a you know with defenders double teamed or triple teamed. I don't care. That's not my point. But what I'm saying is, it's important that we emphasize this. If he's our best player, that means that absolutely without a doubt we have failed to acquire the quality of talent that is necessary to be competitive in MLS over the course of an entire MLS season. We have. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I say and think about it. I mean, like like I said, with all mad respect to Tyler Pasha because he because he was given an opportunity and he's taken the opportunity by the by the horns. And like I said, unfortunately for him, he had he's had a couple of injuries and he had the call up to Canada to obviously as well, which is good for him. But Tyler Pasha is no is not starting for Seattle Sounders. Tyler Pasha isn't starting for Columbus Crew. Tyler Pasher is not starting for New England Revolution. Tyler Pasher is not starting for any top-level club in MLS. You know? Like I said, he's a great story here in Houston locally because we have nothing to cheer about. That's the unfortunate thing about it. That's why Tyler Pasher is a, he's, he's a folk hero. He's going to be a, a, a cult hero for Dynamo because he's going to be one of those players that we loved during the hard time of, in the history of this club. He'll, he'll be loved. And, and that's and that's and that's great for him personally as a player because he 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 puts his heart and soul into that pit into that pitch when he goes out there he gives it his all and, and we see that and and we applaud him for that and we thank him for that because not all players do that especially when they're playing for a sucky ass team like the Dynamo are currently. Um, but if we're being if we're being realistic here and we're being fair to ourselves and honest to ourselves, Tyler Pasher at most is a bench player for top notch MLS clubs that i i would argue there are for top-notch yes top-notch mls clubs i would i would definitely agree with you on that um you know but at the same time pasher has proven this season to be good enough to at least vie for those opportunities i think there are clubs that would take him i think there are top level clubs that would take him out on their wing uh i don't think there's any question of that uh but oh my my throat just closed up on me yeah, but, you know, and while you drink some water, but like I said, like I made my point, as a, yeah, any club in MLS would take him as a bench player, especially yeah. the top clubs, because, I mean, this guy shows the heart. He shows that he's willing out there and sacrifice his body to make the play, you know, and that's all you want from a player, realistically. Look, look, you know, look I'm going gonna, gonna to piggyback on that, and I think you'll like this. I'm going to piggyback on that. That man is willing to give everything he has to do what he needs to do in his position. There is not another player on this roster today that is the same way. There is no other player. And the fact that a kid coming out of USL is giving you that level of effort tells you everything you need to know about how the Dynamo are faring right now. It tells you everything you need to know about where a lot of these true issues lie. 
look, it's not just the GM. It's not just the coach. It's not just the tactics. The players have absolutely unequivocally given up. They have absolutely phoned it in. There is not a player on this roster outside of Tyler Pasher that is giving as much as Tyler Pasher gives match in and match out. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's absolutely true. And like I said, that's that's why Tyler Pasher, for however long he's here with the Dynamo, he'll be a, a cult hero for us. Uh, 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 one of those, you know, you know, like how t- t- uh, Tommy McAmere was for New York FC. You know, everybody, they hated the fact that he left or whatever. But, you know, but when we got Tommy Mac. We were so ready to give him back, you know. But the fact of the matter is, it's an unfortunate thing that a player like that who's willing to uh, play with so much heart and determination has to play in such a crappy team like he does, like he does currently. Um, you know, and hopefully he's he he stays long enough to the point where where he gets to see the turnaround, he gets to see the Dynamo being playoff contenders and maybe championship contenders one day. Who knows? We'll see. But, you know, but I have nothing but respect for Todd Pasher. Look, if, you know, if half of these guys gave the same effort as Tyler Pasher, I don't think there's any question that this club would be in a different position that they're, than they're in right now, not only in the table, not only in MLS, but I think with the fan base. Look, we as fans, we look and we watch and we see all of these things that happen. We we get a glimpse into what these players are doing on the pitch. We get a glimpse into the coaches' tactics and, and approach to everything on the pitch. But at the end of the day, all of these things have to come together, and not a single one seems to be clicking outside of Tyler Pasher. It does you know make what, me clear. Oh, go ahead. You know what it might be? I think Houston, Houston soccer teams just have good luck with Canadians. Maybe that's what it is. We always have had great success with Canadians. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> You know, but but the thing is, it, it, what I was trying to get to. Thanks for interrupting my flow. Sorry, man. Sorry, uh, sorry. No, you're you're good. You're good. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, but you know, it, all of these things have to come together to to make this happen. All of these things have to succeed in order for uh, for the club to be fully successful. The one thing that has always been a struggle for this club is getting the supporters involved, getting them loud, getting them to be be absolutely you know strong in in specifically in the last like decade is what I'm really talking about. Once the team started to struggle, that support dwindled tremendously. If we look at the level of support right now, if you look at these supporters groups that have come into Hustletown, like the Surge, Bandera Negra, you still have your existing EB, and then TA, of course, holding it down where they do. But you have these four groups. They're trying to do everything that they can. They're traveling strong. How many did we have at that Austin FC match? Enough to be strong enough to out-sing and out-chant the Austin FC supporters that were being paid to be there. Uh, you know, all of these things, the supporters are doing their part. And if they're doing their part, not getting paid, they're doing their part because they love and are passionate about the club. It is time for the players to be passionate about the club. It is time for the coach to show he is passionate about the club. It is time for the GM to be just as passionate about the club as the supporters are. And it is time. And hopefully Ted is that guy that he is as passionate about this club and not an investment as the supporters are, as we are, as some of these players have shown to be in a Tyler Pasher. Look, he needs to hold it down as strong as we are in generation holding it down. Thanks, guys, and have a great week.
Thanks for listening to the audio-only podcast edition of our show. We air live over on Twitch via our Twitch channel every Wednesday, life and work permitting, starting at 7 p.m. Central. If you like what you've heard here so far, follow our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash genorange. And while you're over there, why not do us a huge favor and go ahead and drop a sub? If you do catch us during the live show, let us know in the Twitch chat. We love you guys and look forward to chatting with you guys next Wednesday. Now, back to the show. Well, guys, that is it for this week's audio-only podcast episode, which has been uploaded to Anchor.fm. Special thanks to our producer and streamer boy, Nestor Luna, for helping take care of the technical details each week for our show. We look forward to talking with you again real soon. Hold it down, Houston. Sean Ringrose from Gen Orange here. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Feedspot for including Generation Orange in their top 15 U.S. Women's National Team podcasts list, which you can find at https colon backslash backslash blog.feedspot.com backslash USWNT underscore podcasts, or just check out the link in the show notes. This is a huge honor for us, and we hope you'll take a few moments to support Feedspot and us by navigating to their list. Hey, enjoy the rest of the show.